Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, run like a wild man. I want you to struggle and I want you to wrestle with them angels. Where is from Auburn University, Bulls Jackson. The correct Neville Arena time is 9.24 p.m. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, at Crow 2 on Twitter, at Crow on Venmo. It, it is the Orange and True podcast brought to you by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. You have found us. To one side of me is the rumor monger, Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for... Sold all of his shares in FTX. <laughs> uh, I got about a dollar back out of it. Uh, no, that stands for sappy this week. Uh, watching that uh, that post game was did the heart a lot of good. The other side of me giving you the full Fort Payne ASMR. A man who loves the way North Alabama is representing for his Tigers is the AU chief. I. <laughs> Made forty five dollars selling an NFT today. Hey, was that was the monkey you wearing a uh, twenty four Auburn jersey? Is that no, what it was? Or it's not one of those. There's oh, okay. Uh, uh, just so anyone doesn't uh, misunderstand what NFTs are, they are gambling. Um, you uh, go to a NFT site and you just buy up a bunch, hoping that they uh, they they go for big money. So it's nothing to do with art or. Anything like yeah, it's that. Cool pictures of monkeys, right? No. Oh. It's, it's generative art. So it's just lines and just shapes. Well, if it's gambling, it's probably degenerative art. But... Ah, now we're talking. There you, there you go. I saw there's a website that's making uh, luxury. There's a company that's trying to start. They've been trying to start for like five years now to make luxury yachts that are submarines for the ultra rich. Oh, boy. And they have been trying to get off the ground for a while. I don't know what the market is for this. Hundreds real, of millions of dollars submarines. Real bond in about, energy. Yeah, as we say, in about 30 years, as the sea levels keep rising, I think that market huh? might increase. I, I think but, that's uh, how you sell it. Like, currently, you got to push. You buy, like, man, global warming is real. You know, yeah. you guys are going to need these soon. You're going to want to get underwater. <laughs> you know, get in it now. There's uh, currently, you can buy NFTs of the yachts. And that's all they're selling currently. Oh so that's, and that will speed up the global warming. No, I feel like this is maybe a scam. That's what it seems like to me. All right. Because you can have an NFT, but you have that somebody else actually owns in real life, which seems... That's, yeah. It seems backwards. Um, guys, speaking of something that was non-fungible, it was the way we all felt about Auburn football on Saturday night. Um, can't hardly put it into words. I got I to gotta applaud that segue. <laughs> it was good and uh professional podcaster and even i had a hard time staying neutral on saturday night because your beloved aggies they, they tried so hard <laughs> i mean the Boy. team that i hate the most on earth got got its medicine served to it by a coach that is making less this year than jimbo will make for that game 
And you think Jimbo could afford a mega yacht with his contract? Yes. Jimbo might be buying one of those. Yacht? Yeah, submarine yacht. Can he hunt off of it? That's the question. Yeah, whales. <laughs> Shooting sperm whales. Oh. Duck hunt. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M paid Jimbo Fisher pro- a little bit less than a million dollars per game and uh, so far. And in this game, he decided to not gain a yard for an entire quarter of football, which is difficult to do. It's actually not – it's difficult to do against the Auburn defense this season would be to go zero yards, much less negative 13 yeah. yards and five straight drives combined. The thing that perplexed me was that they seemed to have some success running the ball early in the game and then really just never ran it again after the second quarter. Yeah, the third quarter, uh, you cut out of halftime – 14 snaps in the quarter for minus one yard. Uh, I want to say three, three and outs. Um, and then like the fourth drive was about to be a three and out before the end of the third quarter. Um, and they were almost all passes. Actually, yes. Yes. There was, I think one run, which got called back on a penalty. Uh, yeah. The minus one yard minus 11. If you count the penalty yards, um, somehow they did worse than the, uh, the 05 South Carolina team in the third quarter. Wow. Uh, that that was, if you remember, Crow. The, 06. It was 06, you're right, sorry. The uh, South Carolina doesn't touch the ball for the entire quarter game. Oh. I remember once I can't see it here, though. They, uh, A&M touched the ball. They just probably <laughs> would have rather ball. not. <laughs> they would have no. rather not. Yeah, they touched the ball and would have been better off taking a knee. Or spiking us. Spikes, yeah. Spikes, they would have been rough spiking it because it would have stopped the clock at least. Yeah. And they wouldn't have lost any yards. Um, they had 10 penalty yards in that quarter. They had more they, yards. One was intentional. They were trying to back the punter up. Right. But they had more yards and penalties than they had in anything else. <laughs> they Like, it was horrible. I watched, um, so I followed the game on GameCast Live and on Twitter. And then, because I was unable to get the SEC network where I was Saturday night, but then rewatched bulks of the game without commercials today. And it is a couple of things were evident. Number one, Texas A&M didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be anywhere in the middle of that game. Like there was no, there was no energy on their sideline. There was nothing. They just looked like they, they were just the out game there started going through stuff. You know, somewhat interesting. I mean, see, both teams kind of moved the ball early. Uh, especially Auburn. Auburn was just getting into the you know their half of the field and and falling apart offensively. Um, but it, it wasn't a just uh, abysmal showing of offense in the first half. And then yeah, that third quarter. I mean Auburn didn't do a ton in that quarter. Uh, you know gained more than a negative yard. But it just uh, I think the cold set in a little bit. A and M didn't want to come out of that locker room and. Uh, in Auburn's credit, I mean, the crowd was still in it. It was uh, as good of an atmosphere for any uh, two, three, and six teams you probably ever yeah. seen. Yeah, and I would shout out to whoever's calling plays for Auburn because I actually don't know who is. Is Will Friend calling plays? I think it's Will Friend. Yeah. Okay. He might be a better play caller than he is an offensive line coach because it's a low bar, but you know, yeah, probably right. Because he, there were some, there was a little bit of creativity. There was 
there were some pretty good little play calls and some designs and some wrinkles we have not seen at all. A couple of plays where Hunter and Tank were on the field at the same time. There's there one was play a, where Damari was on the field with all, with both of them too. Yeah, they they used all the running backs. Um, they used Jarquez on a speed sweep, I think, yeah. twice, and he got the edge both times. I mean, he's a I, I, you know, I don't really look at him as a uh, speed back, but I'm gonna say it didn't work at least. We had, um, and, yeah. we, and we kind of knew. We talked about last week. I mean, this is one of the worst rush defenses, not just in the G in the Power Five, but in the country. Right. Uh, so Auburn, I think, went like three to one rushes to passes. Um, we had to. Uh, there, there, we could not throw the ball. We, yeah. we we have now gone going back to the LSU game last year. We have not been a position. We've not been in a position. The where first half game, game. Bo was playing well in that game. Didn't didn't Bo have like three hundred yards before he got hurt in the Ole Miss game? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're he was absolutely having right. a good night, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't anymore. So once he got hurt against Ole Miss, from then on, I have not been confident on pass plays yeah. for Auburn. Um, two Auburn running backs uh, ran for hundred yards in this game. Uh, and, and Nathan King pointed this out either that night or Sunday afternoon. This was the first time it's happened for Auburn since Corodino. Then we had two running backs? Two running backs, yes. So obviously it, Nick Marshall doesn't count here. Did Cameron Artis Payne get 100 yards in the 2013 SC Championship game? If so, that that's he did not. Guess. He only had three carries, but it was three for 60, I think. I knew it was a lot. Okay. That was only my guess. I mean, if you, if you think about running back duos over the last, you know, if you just start working backwards, I guess. I mean, there was kind of just the random assortment of Booby Whitlow, Malik Miller, Sean Shire, yeah. all, of, all it, of those guys. Was it Ronnie and Cadillac? Not quite that long ago. Okay. Was uh, it, uh, it, was it uh, Kenny Irons and Brad Lester? A little no, more Brad Lester never had 100 yards. Yeah, uh, it definitely wasn't Brad Lester. Let's see. Was it Ben Tate and someone? Uh, that's one of them. Ben Tate and... I'll give you a hand. It was in 2009. Yeah. First time was 2009. So, 09, it wouldn't have been Trey Mason because he wasn't Nope. He didn't start yet. until 2012. It wouldn't have been Mike Dyer because he didn't start until 2010. So Get it's closer. Is it Mario Fannin? No, it's Ontario McCaleb. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ben Tate and Ontario McCaleb in 09. Uh, 13 years since Auburn's had two 100-yard running backs. I mean, and we talk about Omak the 2013 team. OMAC would have been a freshman in 09. Believe, believe so. Freshman or sophomore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've talked about you know, how many times about all the NFL running backs on that 2013 team. You had, yeah, and obviously Gus was a uh, ride one guy until I can't anymore. Kind of offense, but you had Trey Mason, you had Peyton Barber, you had Cameron Artis Payne, you had um, Corey Grant. None of those guys ever went. Two two of them ever went for 100 yards at the same time. Yeah, uh, you had Carry on and Cameron Petway overlapping. Didn't happen there. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, uh, a school that's prided itself on running backs for so long hasn't done it since then. Yeah, um, I would guess there were probably. More than a few occasions where it happened in the total years. 
I mean, it's a lot. They have two running backs. And I feel like we have a couple of times we've had a quarterback and a running back with 100 yards rushing. Right, yeah. I mean, if you count Cam and Nick Marshall, I mean, that happened fairly often, I think. Yeah. Uh, Cam and Mike Dyer doing it at the same time. Nick and Trey doing it at the same time. I'm actually somewhat shocked that we didn't have two running backs in that 2015 Arkansas game, considering it was just such an absolute I will. Slaughter. I want to say uh, there was a receiver that ran for 100 like yards. Eli Stove game. had a 100 yards. Yeah. 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 No, but that's interesting. Because that's the game that I, before I said 2013, SEC championship game, my first thought was, did we get two running backs in 2015? But then I couldn't remember who it would have been. Um, yeah, who was 2015, healthy. you would have had like a freshman carry on. Uh, you had Javon Robinson on that team. Um, can't remember if Rock, Rock Thomas was still there in 15 or not. Man, shout out to Javon Robinson for being one of those guys that everyone thought that I, including me, was going to be like the he next was, thing. He was a huge recruit for Auburn twice. Yeah, I know. And uh, yeah, he was a like high four star coming out of high school. Didn't qualify. Went to JUCO and became the number one oh. JUCO running back. No, 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 and, no, no. Uh, he, okay, uh, was it not a quali- qualifying thing? He there was yeah, it was a not qualifying thing, but it was because uh, his teacher got turned in. Like he had already. Oh, that was him. Okay, he, I knew he had signed. Yeah. So it was a whole whole deal where he yeah. became academically ineligible, I guess. So then mm. went to JUCO and then came back. Didn't last very long the second time either. No. But, uh, yeah, uh, we don't really have to go too far into this game, really. I mean, it, 13-10, it's not really a ton of highlights to focus on. Uh, Prof. Colby Wooden got a SEC defensive lineman of the week for that uh, strip sack. Which I don't know if you guys heard the story on this. He called it before it happened. Oh, really? There was a, there was a timeout before that player a stoppage or you know whatever happened, and he's telling his teammates, telling the coaches what the move is going to be on the left tackle, uh, or yeah, on the left tackle. And he did exactly that. Got straight into the backfield, stripped it. Uh, Morris Joseph falls on it. And, uh, play the game. Nice. Nice. Man, that was the play of the game. Because at that point, it was... I mean, we didn't realize that that field goal was going to be the game winner. But it was definitely still up in the air. And... Yeah, I would... When that happened, it was kind of this huge sigh of relief. Yeah, once you went up two scores in the fourth quarter, you felt there's no way this A&M offense is going to score twice. They, and they did go down in a two-minute drill and score. You know, it came down to an onside kick, but you felt pretty good going up too, though. Yeah. So, let's let's talk about Cardinal Williams a little bit. I mean, this was a moment in Auburn history. Um, not just, you know, a former player gets to be the coach and wins. Not, not just the first African-American head coach to win a game in Auburn. All these are, are huge things, obviously, but so many people have a tie with Cadillac, uh, whether he was, you know, the second coming of Bo when he got to Auburn or whether he was, you know, the, the best running back you've ever seen for you guys. I mean, I, I can't speak to how you viewed him being in school here at the time. But uh, for me, he was, you know, the first hero football player. Like, he was he was it. Like, didn't get better than Cadillac. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you want to talk about it a little bit? But. Yeah, so he was my favorite player on the team. Um, my freshman year was 04, and Carnell was my favorite player on the team. And you grew up seeing some pretty good running backs too, right? I mean, you had, you had Emma Smith at the Cowboys, like you, right? So you knew what teams was, that were focused on a good running yes. back looked like. I I was, and running back was my favorite position, one of my favorite positions. It's like, well, you got a good running back, this thing can move. And because yeah, the Cowboys were always about you have to have one receiver that's any good, one quarterback, and then one running back. Um, and they still, because Jerry is obsessed with the past, still operate that way. Um, he comes into the into college football like right after you know Ricky Williams is you know blowing it up at Texas and and I I knew about him because my brother was early, was older than me and was at Auburn and I remember the 03 Iron Bowl I was in the stadium and it was go crazy Cadillac and that was legitimately the moment I decided I wanted to come to Auburn so Carnell has got a tremendous amount of like meaning to me in terms of I'm, I'm an Auburn fan in a lot of ways because of what, because of him. Um, because I went to Auburn after the 03 iron bowl. That was like what made me want to do it. And then in 04, when I, when we found out he was coming back, like when he and Ronnie announced they were coming back, I was so excited because like, I would get to see him play. I didn't know how good we were going to be. I don't think anybody really knew how good that 0-4 team was going to be. Yeah, but because it was, the 0-3 team had been so bad. Right. And I, everyone, people had, like, different things they liked about each back. Like, everyone liked Ronnie was the physical one. Ronnie could catch. That was but, – but Cadillac Williams had some of the most unbelievable open field moves, one-cut back moves that I'd ever seen. And – Early in that year in 04, I was like, oh, no, this dude's my favorite player on the team. Like, I, if I had been a jersey guy, I would have bought a 24 jersey, just for sure. Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned Go Crazy Cadillac. I mean, that was – that's one of the biggest plays. I mean, you see it in every highlight package now. It's, you know, that's bow over the top for the older generation. It's you know, the kick six or the Pranger and hair for the younger generation. I mean, that was – and it helps. Yeah, that's Rod, Bram, Rod Bramblett's first – Major call, right? Uh, and it helps. It was the first play of the game. Right. It's, it's just, it's almost the opposite of the kick six, right? Like it didn't end the game. Right. It started it and it set a precedent. Um, that stadium got so loud and never calmed down. Yeah. It's funny. So even my sister who, yeah, she was born about three weeks after Cadillac's last game at Auburn, after that Sugar Bowl. So... Never, obviously, never saw him play for Auburn. Never saw him play at all, really. Yeah. Uh, and then and they, su- Sunday morning, the students did either. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. But uh, Sunday morning, she is posting the video of his post game press conference, saying, "No, I- I'd run through a brick wall for this man." Like, he, a- he, that's how much he means in his art. Like, that's how much I tell Auburn he is to people that are half his age or younger. Yeah. He, he what's what's amazing about the go crazy collect too is it's the one that everybody remembers. But in my opinion, his best run is against Tennessee in that SEC championship game. He has a run in, against Tennessee where he makes one guy miss, and it is one of the most filthy moves anybody has ever made in an Auburn helmet. And at that moment, I was like, we should be national. Cha-. I was like the 
who's better than us moment. Like, is, am I got somebody better than this on their team? Um, so there's so a, a perfect parallel for that then is, uh, you know, against Tennessee in an SEC title game. That's uh, Jared giving up the easy layup to, to pass it out to Bryce. Yes, exactly. See, they're not beating that. Oh, when they did when he did that in that game because that game was a lot closer than the first Tennessee game, but when he did that in that game, it was like, no, nah, they ain't beating us. Nobody's beating us. We we could be we could play anybody right now. We'd win. Um, his post game press conference is the most honest, like in the moment, positive athlete energy you've ever seen, and I love it. Like it is exactly the opposite of what this program has had. For the last two years, the idea that he was on this dude's staff is amazing to me. Like, how did Carnell exist on this staff? Is what I can't. I would love to hear him write it. Like, I would love to have him have an interview where he talked about like because they're opposite personalities. And you know, he never will. He'll he'll never throw. He never will under the bus. But they're opposite well, personality I, types. I think that. If even if that opposite uh, personality works, you still you need a guy like Carnell on staff anyway right. um, to to balance it out. So that. Uh, but the way that, that it works, and maybe maybe not the way it ended, but the way it worked for several years, and you had a, a Rodney Garner on the Gus Malzahn staff. You know, somebody's a little little more tough love on sure under a head coach that's a little more laid back. Didn't really work uh, with the Harson way. But, um, no. Yeah, no, so they, I can't remember if I could hear the interview or not in the stadium, but you could see, you know, they have the camera on him post game and everything. And uh, he's immediately after the handshake, he's running over to the student section. And you can tell he's emotional. Uh, you know, he holds the towel up to his face because there's tears coming. You can see it. Um, and it's, yeah, I, it, all I can say is that it's a moment. It's It's one of those things. Auburn gets these. It feels like more than most other places of um, just feeling like an Auburn thing. I, I I can't describe it. I don't know. Craig, you're better at this than I am. But. Yeah, it's so it's so Auburn. It's it's something like um, how many other certain... places would be this happy about a win to get to four wins? Right, that's the thing. Regardless, it's, it's of not the a lot of places. LSU could pull it off because. People love LSU so much and live and die and will sell that stadium out no matter what because it's just what you do on Saturdays. Right. Auburn's Auburn's that way too in that people just love this team regardless of who's coaching, who's playing. It's like we're – when the best way to put it is what made Cadillac so amazing as a player too was he was getting picked up by national media constantly because he was so good. And the reaction of Auburn people wasn't, of course he is. That's that's the best player in America. We're, we're the best team in America. It was almost like our brother or our friend got his name in the paper would be the way that we yeah. reacted. Like with I mean, this that, crazy that's how, pride. That's how this whole coaching thing feels. I mean, that that's like uh, I saw uh, uh, sometimes co-host James Jones after the after the game and as, as we were hugging, uh, I mean, that was the, the first thing I said is one of us did it. Like he's, yeah. he is one of us. Um, and not to, not to bring up soccer again, but like the thing I've been thinking about this week really was when, um, Duncan Ferguson took over 
Everton. Um, not a guy that anybody ever thought would be a coach. And right. um, he kind of picked him up out of the, the muck and got him playing Everton football. And uh, which is what Carnell is really putting emphasis on is just Auburn football. Hard nosed, smash mouth, running the ball down people's throats, Auburn football. And, and that, I mean, that's what it is that I think is so uh, attractive about this whole thing that's going on right now is that he is one of us. He's, he is, he's an Auburn guy. He's one of he's our own. Things. Absolutely. Yeah. And not just because he played here. Like, and I think we all are on the same page. It's not, oh, this is a former Auburn player that, you know, came no, as a coach and was able to win a game. This is, I mean, he, he gets, yeah, like, he gets what he gets Auburn what is. this place is about. Yeah, that, I mean, that's he's why a, I was drawing that parallel. He's a small town Alabama guy, too. Um, and, yeah, there, there, there is always going to be as cheesy as it is, as much as the university sells it as a marketing tool, like the Auburn family is a real thing. Um, sure. And, and he is the perfect example of that. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily have the best resume kind of, uh, I don't know how you want to say it, but if he didn't go to Auburn, he wouldn't have been Auburn's running back coach when, when Gus hired yeah. him. I, mean, I think it's pretty obvious, um, but has come in and then, been fantastic at his job since he got here. I mean, Auburn's running backs have not been the problem in the last no. three to four years. Um, no, he's recruiting recruited his well. He's coached these kids well. I mean, the, the players on this team love him. Tank wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Um, and he said he kind of leaned on these guys the past two weeks to, you know, give them reassurance, hype them up, just tell them yeah. to, to be the coach that he is because they love that coach and everybody else does too. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to spend this time focusing on like what happens after the season. Um, I'm just enjoying this as it is. I mean, he's done a lot for Auburn. I mean, and, and not just like it's not just wrong. I mean, he, we're actually like recruiting better than we have in the right. last he, two years. Under I mean, Aaron, and, he, is, and he's to be honest, he's used to it. He is Auburn's career leader in carries, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He is very much used to having to tote the ball for Auburn. And he does it better than, I mean, how many how many running backs honestly are better than him for Auburn? Well, I mean, it's it's a, not it's yeah, ar- it's arguably the best running back ever. Like, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a Ronnie Brown guy, but okay, okay. <laughs> and there was a hey, there was a moment I don't know if you saw it on TV crew where the two of them were hugging on the sideline post game. Oh yeah, that that's a moment. Cool. So you're yeah, talking okay. about a guy who, not just a player, a guy who made a lot of money in the NFL. I'm looking at his yeah. career earnings right now. Hell, rookie of the year. I mean, there was a there were some people out on Twitter, some trolls on Twitter, trying to say that you know Carnell's here because he had to he didn't make enough money in the NFL, yeah. so he needed a coach. <laughs> Carnell made twenty million, twenty five million dollars in the NFL. He did he, not um, need to come back and coach. Car- to Carnell made more money. on the day he got drafted than most of us will in our lifetime. So, it's, he, yeah, he he did it because he loves it. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he told the story. Um, about why he got into coaching is his wife said to him, you talk to your friends every weekend all day about football on the phone. Why don't you just go, why don't you go get a job coaching? Right. And so that's what he did. Um, and he got the job at, um, IMG, I guess is where he started. 
I can't remember if he started at IMG or if he did that like this little stint at West Georgia first. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what happened. Regardless, I mean, uh, pretty short journey from there to Auburn. He uh, he was hired. I don't. Was he just running backs coach for the Birmingham Iron or Hammers or whatever it was? Yeah, his his resume is uh, in 2015 running backs coach to Henderson State, which I don't know if that's D2 or FCS. Uh, went to West Georgia the next season as a GA. Okay. Then he okay. was at IMG after that in 2017. Birmingham Iron in 18, and then Gus brought him on in 2019. So yeah, he, he was never, at Henderson State? Is that not where Did Gus come? played? That's in Arkadelphia. Yeah. yeah. That's, where that's, Gus, that's where Gus played. I just, yeah. I just realized. That's where Gus yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is not close to anywhere Cadillac in, uh, lives or lived. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if Gus got him that job. Maybe. That's a story we need to find out about now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Gus had to get him that job. You're a former NFL running back, and you walk into Henderson State's locker room. Well, yeah. Point, maybe like maybe to pointed him backs. to that job. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he called up Auburn and said, hey, yeah. I'm looking to coach. And Gus was like, well, let me see what I can do. And that's where he found a spot for him that, you know, would take him. Yeah, they are. Division two. Yeah. And, and remember, all, you know, Gus, or sorry, not Gus, uh, Carnell didn't get his degree before he went to the NFL. I mean, like a lot no, of guys. he got it in 2017. Yeah, you get your money. He, I mean, yeah, he came back and, uh, and worked for it. Um, and that's like right before he got into coaching. You know, I don't know if that's something he needed to do to get a coaching job. Someplace um, like probably that. in D1. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to know maybe maybe Gus tells him, hey, if you're going to be a coach, go do get your degree first. And then notable alumni for Art Henderson State include Gus Malzahn, Billy Bob Thornton (laughs) and Aaron Owens, a.k.a. A.O. from the M1 mixtape tour. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Bones of the Bobby Bones show. And Bobby Bones. That's right. You're looking at it, too. Also, Dolores White, who was on the. uh, all-American Girls Professional Baseball League, the actual story that League of Their Own is based off of went to, went to Henderson State. So, a well-rounded Who's who of Arkansas. Yeah, a well-rounded university there in Arkadelphia. Um, Carnell Williams becomes the first African-American man to win a game at Auburn as head football coach, which is a significant milestone in the Southeastern Conference and at Auburn. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is that makes Auburn the, I think it's the fifth school that have happened at. Yeah, they, in the SEC. Vanderbilt. Oh, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, A and M. A and M. Ellis, did LSU have? No, no. I think there's A and M, Mississippi State, us, Vandy. We're forgetting somebody. We're forgetting somebody. I'm going to remember it tonight. Kentucky? Oh, Joker Phillips. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good one, Chief. I don't want James to text us. Um, yeah. There's nobody. Yeah, there's nobody that didn't have any sort of uh, – there's nobody that didn't have a great sentence. This is starting off as Crow. There's – everybody watching this game had a different experience and had a positive experience. Um. And that speaks to Auburn as well in terms of like just we were all desperate for something 
positive. Yep. And Carnell Williams, Cadillac Williams is exactly what we were desperate for. And we didn't even know it. There were a lot of yeah. people when, that, that wanted Harson fired that didn't weren't necessarily stumping for Cadillac to be the interim. I mean, I, I wanted him to be the interim, but I'll be honest, like going into the, the Harson firing, I was like, yeah, just fire him, get to the end of the season, and let's move on. Like, did not really care to see the rest of these games. And uh, Cadillac flipped that switch. I mean, it, it was amazing. Uh, I don't know what to – I don't really want to focus on it. I don't know what the future holds for him, but – uh, it's a great start for his uh, head coaching career, wherever that goes. Yeah. Going to be even better when he goes three and out here in that last three weeks of the year. <laughs> pretty, pretty good for a guy that had never even thought about being a head coach two weeks ago, until two weeks ago today, really, when Rich went to him and told him about this job. So, pretty, pretty good start. He had never thought about being a head coach. Becomes a head coach, beats the highest paid head coach. All in a span of three weeks. It's pretty awesome. I think if you beat the, the highest paid head coach, you get his game check. You should. You should. That is how it should work. Yeah. 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 Well, All right. Any other thoughts there? Are we uh, ready to move on? Well, yeah. Next week, we got senior night against uh, Western, Western Kentucky. Kentucky, the toppers. Big red. Yeah. How are yeah. they this year? Are they? Uh, they're solid. I mean, they're they're, they're one of the bad. one of the best teams in the CUSA. I mean, Auburn's still favored, but it's the. I don't know this for a fact. I need Josh to actually deep dive into this. I assume this is the the smallest favor uh, line Auburn's ever had against the G five team. They're all Auburn's favored by six. Yeah, um, at home. I can't think of any other home. situation. Short of a bowl game, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I actually think this game could be uh, a lot harder than that Texas A and M game was. Oh, for sure. I mean, as people are still going to be there yeah. to go see Cadillac. I mean, sure. There, there's yeah. more fun that are on the program than there was a month ago for the Arkansas game, but also it's it's going to be a little bit of a letdown. I think it's you're a not going to get them. Yeah, you're not going to get the night pregame and the hype around that. Um, it's going to be I, pretty cold. Uh, it's not not a small I, part of it. What if I told you that Austin Reed, the quarterback for the Hilltoppers, he's a senior. He has attempted a little over double the amount of passes as one Robert Ashford, but he has triple the yards. That's it. 31 touchdowns to Robbie six and they each have only thrown seven interceptions. Crow, you like me, uh, saw the uh, touchdown pass in this game. I mean, yeah, that man. thing, that what thing. a worm burner. <laughs> that thing, that thing was like six inches off the ground all the way. It was insane. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that pass and thought, man, that was almost yeah. not a catch. That was, that was, yeah. that was a, that was a one hopper to the catcher to get the guy out of home. Yeah, center field. Oh man, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> it was something. Their but, hey, quarterback has 31, 31 passing touchdowns in this in this season. Wow. They got a receiver with almost a thousand yards. Have they, they played a power five team this year? They played somebody yeah. and beat them. Uh, hopefully, they played more than one team and beat them. 
They they lost to Indiana. Oh boy. They beat uh they beat lost to Troy, lost to Indiana. They uh, beat, Troy, by the way, in the driver's seat in the uh Sunbelt right now. Shout they out. lost to okay. UTSA, meet me. Whoop, Troy. They lost to U Nor- University of North Texas, but they beat UAB. They beat uh was that Charlotte? They beat Rice. So no, they have not beaten a Power Five team. Yeah, they, they rate really well, but uh, schedule doesn't really show it right now. They did uh, hang seventy three on FIU. <laughs> they beat them seventy three. Uh, did zero. not give up a point. So yeah. I don't think Auburn could beat anybody seventy three to zero. To be hundred percent honest, not, with you. not if you gave them all week to do it. So. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of touchdowns. I don't know. If we've got that this year. Well, if the clock stopped after a run the way it does after, you know, like a first down pass or incomplete or something like that, then maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'd be running the clock out too fast to be doing it with this offense. But they lost Indiana and Sean Shivers 33-30. to The Indiana team that who lost to the team that I think is the best team in America, Ohio State, 56-14 to last week. Yikes. Uh, but by the way, that was Indiana's last win of the season. Uh, yeah. Started three and zero. Have lost seven in a row since. Oh, but we don't really need to get into the uh, the, the Big Ten dregs right now. I don't think. And that uh, game was an overtime game. They took they took a Indiana to overtime. Did. Um, yeah. Well, we're we're excited about this game because it gets us perhaps one week closer to figure out who the coach of Auburn. Next season's going to be one week closer to uh, qualifying for a bowl as well. One week closer to qualifying for a bowl because we're going to beat Alabama. And it's senior night. This senior class has had a uh, hell of a career at all. They have. They Uh, really have. They deserve the guys that are here and stuck it out. They deserve some, uh, some love. So come on down. This is a senior class. If you, if you need your memory refreshed that beat Alabama as freshmen thought the world is ahead of them. They got a freshman quarterback that everyone thought was great. Beat Alabama. COVID happens. They got to deal with that. Deal with the coup at the end of that season. Coach firing. Coach firing that was ugly. And then new coach comes in. He is just a big turd. He gets fired. And now they get Carnell. So give this team all your love on senior night. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and talk basketball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back as long as we still had sponsors. You know, otherwise, you're just listening to me produce a show by myself. And basketball got a win, an ugly, terrible win against an ugly, terrible basketball team, UCF, USF. Sorry. Same thing. Yeah, actually, the guy, the uh, announcer in the arena did the same thing. 
Twice. They're called two. the UCF. UCF, USF, FIU, FAU. They got to get it together in Florida. The teams are all too similarly named. Um, Auburn did not fix its shooting in this game and combined with USF to go seven for 39 from deep. Um, I, I looked this up today, guys. We are shooting at a similar rate of made threes in a game to the University of Virginia Cavaliers. Mm. However, we have a full 10 more possessions per game than they do. So okay. not as so bad they're, as it could. they're doing it the intentionally because they are slowing yes. the game down to a standstill. We're doing it because we yes. just cannot make shots. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was tough to watch at times on on, on uh, what day was that? Friday. Uh, Friday night. Yep. Uh, the, the first half was especially rough. The, the second half was better. I mean, we never obviously improved our shooting, but um, we figured out how to break that zone down that they went into for whatever reason. Yeah, we did. And, and that, they went that to that zone. Well, they went to the break. zone because we can't make threes. I'm sure they were right. thinking, this is this is it. What are they going to do? Shoot over us? And then when the green proceeded to score, you know, 20 something points on yeah. against that zone. The other way to beat the zone is to penetrate over and over and over again. And just Yeah, the end of that game uh, kind of felt like the UAB game during the Final Four year, I think, we up in Birmingham, where yeah. Yeah, we're not really playing that well, but our point guard is just going to continue to go to the rack. over He's just better over, than everybody you have. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, he, uh, I think, was five or six maybe from two and then... Uh, sorry, four, six, and two, and then nine of eleven from the stripe. I mean, he was just kind of a one-man offense uh, down the stretch there. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if we would take this time to uh, shout out Wendell Green for being a top-five player in the Kim Palm Player of the Year rankings right now through a yeah. giant sample size of two games, but uh, still. Doing this while not shooting the ball very well. Um, his assist rate's great. He's not turning the ball over right now. Um, I have really high hopes for Wendell this year, and I, I think he's really going to have a, a breakout. Um, if anybody else can start shooting well, his assist numbers are going to skyrocket. So, Yeah, you're right. He had a lot of empty assists, as I call them, in which you have passed to a guy with an open shot, and that guy clanks it. Um, the no-look oop at Dylan Cardwell was just, Oh, it's beautiful. That was a oh, top man. 10 play in Auburn Arena, I would say. A lot. Yeah, that was I mean, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's the kind of pass that we got robbed out of seeing from Sharif Cooper. That like It was like a, a preternatural. Like, I don't know how he throws the ball that far that precisely without looking at it. But, but it was also what makes it amazing is because it follows him getting a rundown steal. Yeah. He runs down, gets a steal, turns around, brings it back down, between his leg dribble and then no look alley oop. It's unreal. I, like I said, it, he may not be Jared Harper yet, but uh, year two with Jared Harper took uh, you know took a few games to kind of take off and then really took off. Um, if his shooting picks up, uh, sky's the limit with Wendell. I love watching him play. Dylan Cardwell, number one in the country in block percentage right now. You know, just picking up where Walk left off. Really? He uh, uh he had got five, nine blocks five, through two games. Nine blocks through nine. two games. He's uh, blocking wow. almost a third 
of all two-point attempts when he's on the floor. He's at 29% right now. Um, obviously, that'll come down a little bit, but maybe maybe not uh, this next week. Not a ton of size. Um, Going to have some more chances here, uh, especially Janai Broom kind of dealing with a sore ankle. I would not be surprised if he's not going, you know, 25 minutes a game, uh, Janai. So more opportunities for Dylan here to uh, you keep showing out. Yeah. Any other thoughts yeah. on this of this USF game? I mean, uh, maybe it's just the opponent. Really we want, were awful. I want to get better. Year. I want to get better shooting three pointers. That's my well. That's my we we do have uh, potentially another wing coming in, uh, in the next next week. Yeah, I, I posted this in the Slack. We are currently making four and a half threes a game, and we were double that last year. Double that two years ago and double that three years ago. So it isn't like every year we are making 10 or 13, but most years we're making about between eight and nine threes a game. And currently we're making four and a half. And that just, it's got to go up. Like there are not teams don't win the conference in this conference, making four threes a game in 2022. We would be remiss to not give uh, Alan planning some credit here. Not, I mean, not a perfect game by any means. Still has. Did he make all of our threes? So we made five. He was three of six. Yeah, he made yeah, three, three, three of six. Three of six. Three of four from two. Wendell had points. Um, four rebounds. I mean, we've again, made nine not perfect threes had, this year. Had had the five turnovers, but you know, you'll live with it if he's uh, actually shooting fifty percent from from deep. Uh, if he makes three, if he makes three three pointers a game, I think we'll be fine. For sure. Because I feel like other guys will, will will get something together. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, it'd be nice if you could clean those turnovers up in the future. But, uh, yeah. you know, I know as long as you have twice as many points as you do turnovers, I think you're okay. I think you're right. I think we, you're we've right. been hard on playing, you know, for a while now on the show. I mean, uh, especially – the Auburn fan base as a whole has been tough on him. Um, not entirely deserved, but he had a good game here, so we need to give him credit for that. 18 points when your team is struggling to score anything, when you're down twenty, uh, down by nine and a half, is huge. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, he, he really all those turnovers were right, you know, at the beginning, and then he settled in and had had, had a really good game after that. So. Yeah. All right. Who we got this week, Ryan? Ryan. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, we have Winthrop. Um, decent. The Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe that's right. That's a uh, out of South Carolina. Um, they're a, a decent mid-major. They're uh, 164 in Ken Palm right now. Um, they're struggle with uh rebounding and uh getting blocked i mean they're i don't this is a small sample size to add if i've ever seen it but nine percent of your own offensive rebounds is yikes that's about like auburn shooting 18 percent from three i mean that's wow you mentioned you mentioned they didn't have a lot of size right yeah um let me let me pull their number back up hang on um they're so they're 
208th in the country in average height. I mean, not absurdly low, but they're not all that height is in the backcourt. I mean, their their rotation at power forward and center is six seven, six seven, six seven, six seven. So this mentioned already, Dylan Cardwell should have every size advantage possible here. Um he should be able to, to get inside to get all those rebounds that he has been. Um and they struggle with block rate too. So you know, we said Dylan is first in the country at twenty nine percent with his block rate. The Winthrop offense uh is as a whole is twenty six percent. So they're making everybody look like Dylan Cardwell, basically. Yeah. Which means the they real Dylan shoot Dylan Cardwell it's, will be doing great. Yeah, so luckily we didn't have the three-point curse of me saying, oh, USF can't shoot and then them shooting well because they shot worse than Auburn did last week. Um, but that's what this Winthrop offense can do. They can shoot the ball. Uh, they're 43% as a team through two games, which we would kill for right now. Um, and they're 90% from the stripe too. So they, they can score if yeah. they get clean looks. Who needs offensive rebounds when we just make everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, Auburn matches up well against this team. It's, you know, it's another fine test. It's not going to hurt your strength schedule, really. Um, you know, it's a team that if all if the things break right for them, they could win the Big South. Um, they're, yeah, probably middle of the conference there. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is another chance for Auburn to get right shooting. Maybe maybe chance debuts. Um, we'll, we'll see how much Shania plays, but I, I'd like to see the offense as a whole shoot the ball better from three and two, honestly. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get a couple of wins this weekend and uh, come back and do this again next yeah. week. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got so we got a second game this week before we are going to record again. Okay, uh, when talk about it. So this is uh, this is Friday night. It's a late night, uh, eight o'clock Friday. So if you're in town, uh, oh, oh boy, you got, if you're coming down from Birmingham, from Atlanta, from Montgomery, you got time to get in Auburn for this one. You got to uh, get two nights in your hotel room anyway. Might as well yeah, do Friday night, okay, Saturday so. night. Look, your friends don't want to get up at seven in the morning for you to come in town for you to come crash. You know, just just come on in, make it easy on them. Be in town already. Uh, Texas Southern, that game is at 8 o'clock. They're, again, good chance to make the tournament. They're the best team in the SWAC, although the SWAC is arguably the worst conference in D1 right now. Texas uh, Southern they, makes it every year. Yeah, I mean, they have been, I think, six times in the last eight years. Um, just knocked off Arizona State, who's, again, borderline tournament team out of the Pac-12. Uh, took them to overtime and won there, but... They've been to the Final Four twice as a program. You know, not recently. Not recently. No, <laughs> but that's one more time than we have. Sure is. Um, we don't really have to break down their, you know, their scouting report, but I did see their schedule is insane. Um, and I guess a smaller school, smaller budget, you kind of got to do some of these things. But um, So they started the season with seven top 160 Ken Palm teams in a row. So – Pretty tough. Only two of those games at home. They're 
going to kick off a road trip this week that goes Houston, Auburn, Sanford, and Kansas. So uh, three top wow. 15 teams in the country and then Sanford um, kind of hooking that in with the Auburn game. And they're also playing five games in eight days. From, sun, from this last Sunday, yesterday, through next Sunday, they're playing five games. Wow. So, that gets your RPI up, though. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter for them. You've got to win the SWAC to get in. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're basically playing a little bit of a tournament ball right now with all these big games, you know, short rest. Um, they would absolutely love to take a scallop in one of these games. Just hope it's not us. We can't shoot worse. So it's not like it's going to be like, oh, we have an off night. We haven't had an on night. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd hate to see what an off night looks like. Yeah. So they're, it's fun. So they're actually it the opposite size wise as Winthrop. I mean, they've, they've got some size um, in the front court, but that's all they really do. They, they don't shoot threes. They, they're going to attack the glass, you know, try and pack the paint on defense. So if Auburn has any luck shooting threes in this game, it should be kind of a runaway. But they're they're going to make Auburn shoot, though. So. Yeah. And they should. I mean, that's what any smart coach would do. Any smart coach would do. Hopefully right. Randall can just keep breaking down those two-three zones if that happens. Yeah, that's the thing. The good thing about what Wendell did is that maybe that keeps other coaches from trying to get us into, get into a zone against us. Yeah. Um, but if they do get into a zone against us, we know we've got a guy who can who can do that. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of guys who can. He's a one man press break. He he was uh, yeah he was destroying their zone because they he would continue to break it down and then they would leave the high post open and we. Again, we had a bunch of guys making decent mid-range shots. Um, but, yeah, I would rather make, make them from outside than try to trust the mid-range game. Yeah. I, I, I do. Uh, KD got in some foul trouble in this game, too. Picked up um, too early in a third one before halftime. Yeah. yeah. So so that, that could have an effect in being out of the game to not take any threes, really. Um, I don't think he didn't hit one in this game, but uh, I don't think he took that many. I think he may have taken three, something like that. But um, you know, maybe maybe not having him sort of affects it too. Uh, if he can get going from three, I mean, we just need one guy that can get going from three. That, that's essentially all we had last year was one guy uh, that could get going from three, and, and of course, he was the best player in the league. But you know, whatever. One guy to keep an eye on for Texas Southern. Um, first of all, he's uh, super old. He's a fifth-year guy, but started his career late, so he is uh, 24 right now. Is uh, uh, one of their forwards, uh, John Walker, U.S. agent. Yep. Wow. Texas Chief's favorite uh, MCU TV show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just want to throw that in there. Sorry. Which show is this? I thought you were talking about Walker, Texas Ranger. No, no, no. This is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. John Walker is a new character in that show. Takes hey, up are you the, thinking uh, about... Uh, no, no. He, play, he played uh, hockey. Right. Do what? He played hockey. What are you talking about? Kurt Russell's son played hockey. 
Kurt Russell's son. That's who plays John Walker. At UAH. UAH. <laughs> oh, I did not know where you were going with that. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> it's the same guy. Positive. Positive. Okay. Look, all I know is that it was Cordell. Cordell. If I if you'd give me a thousand guesses, I would have not been able to guess what Walker in the television show Walker Texas Rangers first name was. Cordell isn't was not on oh, yeah. my list. Oh yeah. Cordell Walker. Cordell Walker. Yeah. Now I, I couldn't tell you Trevette's uh first name, his his sidekick. James. Uh, James Trevette. Okay. Yeah. Clarence Gilliard plays James Trevette and Chuck Norris played Cordell Walker. They could have changed, they should have traded first names. All right. I, I wish I wish we could hey, pull other, uh, Conan's uh, Walker Texas Ranger lever right by now. Hey, uh, I do have a question. Is Shaq going to be here Friday night? His son plays for Texas Southern. Not oh, the one does. that was at LSU, but the younger one, Shakir. Oh, I didn't know that. I wonder if uh, he and Chuck will be in the building, maybe. Uh, third, you say third? Is it Fr- uh, Friday night? What Friday? Night? Friday? Uh, yeah. Maybe. No way. I did not know that. It's quick driving. I didn't either. I was just looking at the roster and I see a Shakir O'Neal figured that had to be him, and sure enough, it is. Yeah, S H A Q I R. Does. That's amazing. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Well, guys, let's beat him and let's beat Western Kentucky and let's beat. Who played tomorrow night? Winthrop. Winthrop. We're going to beat them too. All right. See y'all next week. Everybody have a worried weekend. Go crazy, Cowboy.